0: We'll Hey, this is Pastor Steve. I am so excited that you guys are in church this weekend to be encouraged and to hear God's word. Now, this weekend, I'm preaching at Church of the King in Katy, Texas with our very own Pastor Jason Robinson. Jason and Stephanie started that church six years ago and they just moved into their new church home location and it's awesome. If you're ever in Houston or the Katy area, stop by and see them. Today, we are finishing up our series called Road Trip. I trust it has both encouraged and challenged you over the past four weeks. I wanted to do something today a little bit different. You know, there's great value in having different, seasoned, powerful voices to speak into our congregation. Many of you remember Pastor Steve Vigales. He has preached here many, many times over the years. Pastor Steve is an amazing husband and father. He's a pastor, leader, and friend. He pastors Destiny Worship Center uh, based out of Destin, Florida, and they have multiple campuses all over the Gulf Coast of Florida. His message today is going to really help many of you. I believe this message will greatly encourage you and even help to set you free. By the way, Next week, we start a brand new series called God at the Movies. We're taking modern-day parables, movies, just like Jesus did, in order to teach life-changing principles. You'll wanna invite your friends and your loved ones to see this amazing series. So, as we finish out our road trip series, let us all stand up and give a warm welcome to Pastor Steve (laughs) Vergales.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, keep clapping for our campuses. Keep clapping for all those watching on all the different platforms. What an honor it is to be with you. Thank you so much, Church of the King. I, I just got to just tell you what an honor it is for me to be here. Uh, I really do value my friendship with your pastor, Pastor Steve. He it truly is a dear friend. And a covenant brother, we talk on the phone all the time, once a week, twice a week. I glean so much from him. He's an amazing, he's an amazing leader, but he's also a tremendous-hearted friend, and I'm so grateful for him. And uh, I bring you greetings from Destin, Florida, everybody. How many of you have been to? How many of you've been to Destin, Florida? Let me see your hands. Oh, I, the question should be, who hasn't been to Destin, Florida? I did not know this but a few years ago that Destin is the number two drive market behind Orlando. If you just think about it, I thought, man, of all the places along the southeast, Orlando one, Destin, this tiny little town, two. So uh, it's an honor. There's not a weekend that goes by that I don't see somebody from Church of the King or from Louisiana there at Destin Flores. I just want to just say how grateful I am that you're here, thankful to, for the way you've welcomed me. And uh, Why don't you say we dive into today's word? Everybody feeling good, feeling strong? All right, I want you to feel good. I want you to feel strong. Uh, I I love this series, Road Trip. I'm going to glean it for next year for me in Destin, Florida. And uh, So don't get bored when you come next summer and visit us, all right? (laughs) But uh, Pastor Steve asked me to share on this, and I I just knew exactly what the Lord had laid on my heart, that uh, he deposited in my heart. I want to talk to you this weekend about a rest stop. How many of you know that when you're traveling, you need a rest stop? You need to get out, stretch your legs. You know what I'm saying? Stretch your legs. You know what I'm saying? It gets tired. You're holding that wheel so long. You get out shaking. You need to just catch your breath, you know, pull on over and do that. And because I just believe God wants us to really enjoy life. Wouldn't you agree with me? And I think he wants us to enjoy the journey. And I want to just say that uh, it's really important that we learn to live in a rest. And, you know, when you're navigating life's relationships... As we've been talking about throughout, all these, throughout the sermon series all these weeks, I'm going to tell you something. Finances is an area that a lot of times you find yourself in a lot of unrest. Does that make sense? A lot of unrest because finances have a way of uh, making us feel a little, you know, a lack of, uh, of, of being at peace. And uh, how many know that this world is filled with an enormous amount of unrest? I mean, oh, my gosh you just stop and think about what's happening to our nation and what's had the civil unrest and all the political unrest and, and and the disrespect that you see that's happening in our world today you're like what's happening why is there such turmoil rather than rest and i just think that god wants us to live in the realm of rest especially in our in the area of our finances knowing that god is our father and that god is our provider. Wouldn't you agree? I, I, I do too. And with that in mind, you know, I thought about that because it was about a month ago around this time that a lot of unrest took place when a cyber attack hit the Colonial Pipeline. Y'all remember that? It hit the Colonial Pipeline. I don't know what it affected y'all here in Louisiana because y'all own all the oil and refine it all. But in, in Destin, it was chaos. And uh, at all the gas pumps, I mean, it was, there were lines that were deep, pumps that were out of gas. And all along the eastern seaboard, there was, uh, there was an unrest. And I just don't believe that living in that unrest is God's best. I believe living in the, realm, in the realm of the rest is God's best. And I got caught up in it. I told Jackie, I was on my way to a board meeting at our church. I said, baby, let's leave a little early. Let's get in line and get some gas. And I thought, well, it can't be that bad. It was bad. I got in line behind the wrong dude that didn't know how to work the pump, put his card in, pushed the 87 gas, you know, 18 times, didn't work, went inside, had to reset the pump, came back outside, put the credit card back in, tri- pushed it a couple times, didn't work. He went back inside. He did that three times. Finally, I told Jackie, I said, I said, I said I'm, I'm going to go, I'm just going to get his gas. See, I, I'm not wired to wait, I mean, it's, God, God wired me not to wait. It's a gift from heaven. And I told you, I grabbed my credit card, and I just popped it in there, and I said, I'm just going to pump him. Gas. I said, I'm going to get him some gas, and I got it to work. And I'm filling him up. He comes out, and, and he's all thankful, very conciliatory, and I'm like, yeah, 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 I got it. Now, go. You know what I mean? No, I mean, I didn't say it like go. I just said go. It was very kind. So I get up there and I'm like, cause I'm running late and it's wet, it's downpour. You know, I, I just picked the wrong line and I get there and I, and I put my card in and it wouldn't work. <laughs> and in my mind I thought, I just gave this guy the last bit of gas. And I was so frustrated. I go inside the shop, I said, ma'am, I, she goes, we're out of gas in that pump. I said, ma'am, it can't be. I think everyone's drawing on it. All the credit cards, I mean, they're just, it's just because it's it's full. I said, reset it one more time, give me a chance. And I did it. And it got to work, and I filled it up full of gas. And my sweet Jackie, she is she is such a sweet, soft-hearted, kind woman. She's like, she she knows I'm flustered. She's trying to calm me down. She says, after I pumped gas, she said, honey, I just want to thank you for always providing gas for our vehicles. I said, I'm done with gas. I'm buying a Tesla, I'm going electric. (laughs) I was so frustrated. But at the end of the day, I got to tell you, that was not the realm of the rest. That was the realm of the unrest, just frustrated about gas. And whether it was this colonial pipeline last month or whether it was toilet paper and Lysol wipes, you remember during the pandemic, how many know that God wants us to live in the realm of the rest, (laughs) to rest? And I just, I just think it's just, it's just imperative for us to learn to live in the rest of God, that he's our source and that he's going to provide for us. And I say that to each and every one of you, wherever you might be watching, whenever you're watching this, there is a realm of rest God wants you to live in. And you see it in Exodus chapter 16 with a story that's a, I've entitled it, The Bread from Heaven. Does anybody know what the name of that bread was? It was called... Manna. It was, it was a, a fancy name for something incredible. They were out of food. Not gas, not toilet paper, not what They were out of food. And they needed bread to eat everybody. And God said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. Aren't you grateful that we have a Father in heaven that cares about our well-being? He cares about our well-being. He said, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. And he said, now this is the secret to the source. Every day I want the children of Israel to go out into the fields and gather a certain portion. Everybody say that. Everybody say, certain portion. Certain. You have to capture this to understand this story. It's all about the secret of a sacred portion. He said, now, when you get out there, I want you to collect a certain portion every day. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I want you to collect it. During those days, don't hoard it. Catch this. Don't be greedy about it. Don't be scared that it won't be there tomorrow. I'm going to provide for it. Because if you don't eat it and enjoy it and rest in it, it's gonna breed worms and go bad. So trust me on this. Oh, by the way, on Friday, I'm gonna give you twice the amount of that certain sacred portion. So you don't have to go get it on Saturday, which is the Sabbath. I want you to rest. And relax. Oh, by the way, I'm gonna do something special to that bread that it will last you two days instead of one day, and I will keep it from going bad. Heaven, here's what God was saying in a nutshell I will, and you can fill in your first blanks, I will preserve and provide for each and every one of you. That's what heaven's saying. Now, you think about that for a second. God was saying, The bread's coming for me. Didn't the bread come from heaven, yes or no? Okay. Did he keep it from going bad on, uh, for, on, on Friday and preserve it from stinking up and gaining worms? Yes. Yeah. So the Bible is teaching us that heaven is both our provision and our preservation. And it's imperative that you understand that. And he was teaching him this about the Sabbath. Now, you have to catch this. Now, the law hasn't been given yet. That's Exodus 20. They're not at Mount Sinai yet. So God was painting him the picture of rest. Not the law of rest. Not the law of a particular day of rest. Just the principle of enjoying a rest. Can I say this to you? How many you know that Jesus, on the Sabbath, did a lot of miracles? Yes or no? He did a ton of miracles on the Sabbath. Matter of fact, he did seven of them that the Jewish leaders got upset about. One of them was healing Peter's mother-in-law. That might have been a little too far. That's being debated right now, you know? It's a joke, by the way. But the reality is this. The reality, he did seven of them. He was not, hear me, violating the Sabbath. He was demonstrating the Sabbath. He was demonstrating that I am your provision and I am your preservation. So when you need healing, I'll provide it for you. When you need freedom, I'll provide it for you. I want to preserve your life, preserve your future. I want to provide for you. The the religious people were frustrated with him because he was breaking the actual Sabbath day. But Sabbath is not about a particular day. I love our Hebraic roots, our friends, all of our Jewish leaders. But I'm going to tell you something. Sabbath is not about a particular day. It's about a particular rest. That you rest in the fact that heaven is your provision and your preservation. Does that make sense? Let me show it to you how Jesus said it succinctly and nobody caught it. Mark 2 27. The Sabbath was made for man. I created this principle of resting in me, that I am your provision and your preservation. That's why it was made for you. You were not made for it. Because we are not our own provision, provider, and we cannot you know, preserve ourselves. He is our, prov- our provision and our preservation. And the Bible is teaching us this clearly. Can I say this to you? This is why the whole secret of the Sabbath is not about rest. That's the secondary. The primary is about trust. Trust. You can never rest until you trust. Let me give you a natural illustration. If I don't trust Jackie, I can never be at rest. Does this sound like rest? Where you been? Who you been talking to? Why are you late? Who are you with? That is not trust. And if I don't trust... I'm not at rest, I'm restless. I'm at unrest. The same way with God. We've gotta trust him that he'll provide for us, be there for us. We can count on him. He's our father in heaven who will give us our daily bread, who has a better heart than any good dad on earth. He said, our heavenly father is better than any, any earthly father. We should trust him, and as we trust him, we rest in him. It'll be there every single day. He proved it. He's our provision, he's our preservation. With that in mind, let's fill in three points real quick. Number one, God is our, say it, everybody. He's not a resource. He's not a resource resources dry up stores close wells dry up factories shutter that's those are resources god is not a resource your job is not your jo- your job is a resource but your job is not your source anybody hear me yeah, i mean i mean i mean why because resources dry up but our god never dries up god is our source and he's the source of our provision, he's the source of our preservation. And I wanna show you, this I think it's kind of cool, okay? I wanna show you a rest stop that the children of Israel came to because this story of the manna is at a rest stop. I couldn't believe it when I when I just saw, I knew exactly what to teach on when I came here. Check out Exodus 16:1. Israel came into the wilderness, check this out, of sin. Now, sin is not what they were doing, okay? That's the name of the wilderness, which means thorns or thistles, or better yet, crisis. Everybody say crisis. Okay, they came to a place of crisis. In between, that's the rest stop, Elam, which is the oasis. There was 12 springs and 70 palm trees at Elam. They had just left Elam, on the way to Sinai their destination and they came to a rest stop in between at a place of crisis and that's where God said to them in verse uh, chapter 4 don't you worry about it oasis or crisis I will rain bread from heaven for you there's a confidence that we should have that he's our source and that he will provide for us because if God be for you come on who can be against you? There has to be a confidence today, friends. I want you to—I want this to go deep in your heart. I know you're writing notes, but I want God to write this on the tablet of your heart. Because there's going to be crisis. We're at a rest stop right now. Let we you know that our destination is not here; it's heaven. How many you know that Christ is coming back for us. I say that. I say that so we can have an understanding that we are in between on our way to heaven. And there's times where you and I will run into some great times of of Elam or Oasis, or we can end up at places called crisis. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter. God will see us through. God saw us through in 2000 when the the market crashed. Intel went from 80 to 8, and the stock market crashed. God has seen us through 2001 and 9-11. God has seen us through hurricanes, Katrina's, and all sorts of flooding. God has seen us through economic collapses and, and problems and financial collapse in 2008. God has seen us through and provided for us during pandemics and during oil spills. God has seen us through. Come on, somebody. God has seen us through. God has seen us through all these pandemics and cyber attacks. And who knows what's coming. I'm not here to make anybody fearful. But I am here to make everybody mindful. Yeah. I'm here to make you mindful that there's going to be times where you're at Elam at an oasis. And there's times you're going to be at, you know, at, at, in the wilderness in a time of crisis. But none the, nonetheless, God is our source. Yes. And he said in Malachi chapter 3, I'm the Lord. Come on, I do not change. Therefore, you are not... Come on, say the last (laughs) word, everybody. Now, I want you to know that's a whole lot more than just provision. God never wants lack to consume you. He wants to provide for you. By the way, he doesn't want temptation and sin to consume you either. So you know what he does? He provides, the Bible says, a way of escape. So you don't have to be... Kill, you don't have to be consumed by sin. You can be preserved from sin. Amen. By the way, God doesn't want you to be consumed with grief today. If there's something so heavy in your heart, something happened, maybe you're in a time of crisis, God will provide for you hope. And as he provides for you hope, he will preserve your life so you're not consumed with being grief-stricken or hopeless. Right. Oh, by the way, I'm the Lord, I change not. He says, I don't ever want you to be consumed by judgment. I don't want you to be consumed by hell. So I'm going to provide for you my son Jesus so he can come and preserve you so you don't find yourself. Come on. So you don't find yourself being consumed by hell and its fire and judgment. I've already made a provision to preserve your soul in your eternity. Man, I'm going to tell you something. We need to know this deep in our hearts. Um, he's our source. He is our source. But this is important now. Number two, he's also the source of our instruction. Because he didn't just say, here, do whatever you want. God is a God of order, instruction, structure, and instruction. And he told the people, I want you to see something. He told the people to go out there, hear me, and gain A certain, hear me, portion. There's always instruction with God. Always instruction with God. And uh, it's just how he is. He's a God of order, not of confusion. And look at this next slide as it comes up on the screen. The Bible says, the people shall go out and gather a certain portion. Every day that I may, say that word out loud, everybody. Come on. Okay. You're going to see something that I believe is going to speak to your heart soon that I may test them, whether they will follow my instructions or not. And here's what they were supposed to do. Okay, guys, it's morning. You gotta go get manna. So the Bible says that they would go out there, and the Bible says that the ground was covered with dew. And they're like, okay, where's the bread? I don't see it. All I see is dew, and what I don't see is bread. But they still had to go out there by faith early in the morning. Check this out. And when the sun came up, the dew was burned off. And when the dew was burned off, the manna was there. If they didn't obey God's instruction and just went there whenever they wanted to do it, however they wanted to do it, then the dew would have burned off and the sun would have basically disintegrated the manna and they wouldn't have had anything. They had to do, they had to do what God said to do. And by the way, they, they had to go by what they could not. You cannot go by what you see and you cannot go by what you don't see. You have to go by what he says. This is the secret of instruction. Hey, this thing sometimes goes contrary to what I see. And this sometimes goes contrary to what I don't see. But at the end of the day, we don't walk by sight. Come on, we walk by Faith. And so so when you when you see what well Pastor, you don't know what's going on in our world. You don't see what's popping up on social media. My notifications are blowing up. My my news anchors are telling me all the words. Listen, I got that. But let me just tell you something. Chill. I don't live my life by what I see. I don't live my life by what I don't see. I live my life by what he says. And when I live my life by what he says, I begin to live, friends, I live, I begin to live in the realm of the rest not the realm of the unrest. This is why it's so important that we, when God said, you go out there and you get a certain portion and you test me and you remember it's gonna be there. Oh, by the way, don't, get, don't hoard it. Don't be greedy about it because it'll go bad. By the way, I'll keep it from going bad on Friday so you can rest on Saturday. Trust me, the whole picture of God being our source, our provision and our preservation is found in this one little rest stop in the wilderness. And this is how, this is why Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, come on, and lean not, come on, to your own under. You know, Chick-fil-A is open six days a week. McDonald's are open seven days a week. And you know, a Chick-fil-A does more, and a freestanding Chick-fil-A does more than a McDonald's. And you say to yourself, Wow. Well, if they make more on six days, what does your mind usually say? Well, imagine how much they could do if they were open seven days. Not necessarily. That's how you and I think. But that's not what he says. See, this is why we can't trust. We got to trust in what he says more than what we think. He knows what's best for us. Come on. This is why it's so important that we understand what the word of God is teaching us. Lean not to your own understanding. And this is why when he told him to go out and get a sacred portion. Everybody say, a sacred portion. Sacred. He said, you go get a sacred portion. How much was that sacred portion? The scripture tells us in Exodus 16, 36, check this out. They were all to get an omer, which is, say this phrase right here, everybody. One. Say it again. One. Of the ephath, which is a whole. And I want you to catch this because it's important. God was providing for them every day for 40 years, 12,500 plus days, excluding Saturday, a tithe of something whole every day, every day. The Bible tells us for 40 years, Exodus 16.35, go up one, Exodus 16.35, and the children of Israel did eat manna, how long? 40 years years until they came to the land inhabited, they did eat manna. In the wilderness for 40 years, you have to see this. I pray the Holy Spirit would open your eyes to see it. For 40 years, they would go out there And collect a tithe from God. God would give them a tithe and say, Now take this for 40 years and you live off of it. It's my provision and my preservation in this picture. It's sacred, it's a certain portion. And it's gonna happen for you for 40 years until you come into the land of Canaan that's flowing with what? Milk and? And when you get there, the bread will stop, but the blessings won't. Amen. It's going to come. Now, check this out. The blessings will come in a whole nother way. My provision won't be manna anymore, but I'm going to give you now, not a tenth, but I'm going to give you the whole because the Bible says I'm going to give you houses you didn't build, wells you didn't dig, vineyards you didn't plant. I'm quoting you what God said to the children of Israel. I'm giving you lands and cities you didn't build. I'm going to give you the whole, and this is what I'm going to ask you to do now. I'm not giving you a, I've given you a tenth for 40 years of the whole when you get into the promised land, I'm going to give you the whole thing, everything you have. And by the way, you all get something different because my blessings are different than your blessings. Right, everybody? Right. Uh, in the wilderness, it was everybody ate manna. But in the promised land, somebody got a different land, a different house, a different vineyard. Nonetheless, you get to keep all of it. How many of you know that everything God gives you, you get to keep all of it? Okay. It's, it's whole. It's yours. But then God says, now, I want you to take what I did for you. Man, when I saw this, something happened in my heart. I want you to keep this thing going of provision and preservation happening and I want you to flip it. So when you get into the land, I want you to start bringing me a tithe. Check this out in Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Bring in all the tithes into my storehouse the same way you brought a tithe of manna Into your house. I want you to bring a tenth to this house, Church of the King, your storehouse. A tenth of your salary, a tenth of your bonus, a tenth of your commission, a tenth of your increase when you sell something. A tenth is the first 10%. I want you to bring it to me like I modeled for you for 12,500 days every day. You had nothing. I just gave it to you. They weren't making anything. All they could do is receive. They're like children. But eventually, you're going to have your own, and now it's time for you to reverse it and bring me the 10th. Check this out. And bring it into my house. Now, check this out. And instead of me testing you, check this out. You're going to, say it, everybody. Come on, say it again. You're going to test me. And now, see this. And says the Lord of hosts, now check this. It keeps on getting better. If I will not open up the windows of heaven. Where did the manna come from? I shared it with you. From where? From the windows of heaven. I'm going to keep blessing you. This isn't going to stop. It's just going to look different. I'm not going to stop providing for you just because you came to the Canaan land. I'm going to start doing this. Are you catching this, everybody? This is, to me, this revolutionized my heart to be able to recognize why God wants us to learn how to rest in the area of our finances and to come to a place, whether it's oasis or crisis, God, I'm going to trust you by tithing to you because everything I have is yours. It's, it's, you, it's your, you've given it to me as a whole, and now you're asking me to give you back a tenth because you want to open up heaven for me and pour out a blessing for me that there won't be enough room to receive it. Now, check this one other thing out because it just, it just seals the deal. You ready for this? Look at this next verse. And I will say the next three words, everybody. <laughs> what did he do to the manna to keep it from going bad? He rebuked the devourer off of that manna. Every Friday, he would say, you're supposed to go bad, but you're not. I'm going to preserve it. You see, the manna is a picture. That omer of manna is a picture of the power of bringing your tithe to the storehouse. And watching heaven make a declaration. You're my source. And you're the source of my instruction. And no one is my provision or my preservation greater than you, almighty God. I want you to know something. You know, it's not easy for pastors to talk about the tithe. There's been some bad actors out there that have made giving and abused it to the point where people become uncomfortable, that pastors become uncomfortable sharing the truth. But the truth of the matter is, how can we not share? Just like we share about how important it is to be morally excellent and how it is to love your wife, and how it is to love your husband, and all the principles we've taught, how can we not share with you the life-giving principles in the area of your finances? Come on, somebody. So so it's, so we're, So you might be like, man, I'm first time here, and and I hear a giving message. I know it is, but I want you to know something. It's one of many different principles that this church teaches, and you'll hear more at God at the movies. But at the end of the day, what you have to know the secret of the sacred portion that heaven looks at it to understand. For you to live in the realm of the rest or live in the realm of the unrest. Because God doesn't want us to be frustrated to just relax. I'm your source. I'm the source of your instruction, and I will care for you, and I've modeled it for you in the Word of God. Last but not least, fill in our last blank. God is the source of future generations. I'm telling you, I got three grandkids. Sophia, Ezra, and Elijah, from two sons. I'm looking at what's happening in our world today, and I start thinking, man, what can I do? How, how can I preserve them? And then how can I provide for them? How can, what do what, what the days ahead look like? The national debt's crazy, inflation's hard to find workers, all the stuff that you're feeling that's happening in our world today. And you're like, oh my gosh. And then I stop and I realize the greatest thing that I can give my children and my grandchildren is not a full portfolio. First of all, they'll spend it. It's the principles of the word of God. It's the principles of the word of God. Boys, it's been our father who's been our source. And he's been the source of our instruction. Whether we've been at Oasis or Crisis... We're going to trust him. And those of you that tithe, don't ever doubt it. I know sometimes you can battle it. But I'm telling you, there's something sacred about it. It's sacred. It's a certain portion. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness. And those of you that don't, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart and say, you know what? I want to live in a realm of rest, even in that area, not in a realm of an unrest, And I'm going to step out by faith, and I'm going to do what he says, not what I see, not what I don't see, and not what I don't understand. Because God is the source of future generations, and the greatest thing I can teach my kids and my grandkids is the secret of that sacred portion. Because look at this next slide. God tells Moses to take a jar and put that omer, which was a tenth of manna in it. And then place it before the Lord. Because they placed it in the Ark of the Covenant. And they said, now take it. And, and so when people ask, Daddy, what was in that Ark? It's the secret of heaven's provision and preservation. And I want you to tell that for a future to be kept for the generations to Because I just believe this and I... I just believe God wants... Look at uh, Malachi 3.12, and I'll close with this. I want all nations will call you... Say the last word. How do you quantify that? How do you designate that? Is it an amount? You know what I think it is? Look at me. I think it's a rest. I think as the world panics... I think as the world scrambles, I think as the world gets more and more or, uh, create more unrest, there's a people of God, there's a body of Christ, there are members of Church of the King that are living in the realm of the rest, not the realm of the unrest. And because they live in the realm of the rest, the world looks at them and says, Man, what do they got? And then you're going to say, I am blessed because I live in the realm of the rest. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Come on. Close yourself off with the Lord. Lord, in this sacred moment, we realize how, how much you care about us. You care for us to come to this rest stop. Lord, remind us about this rest stop. Lord, those that have been tithing, remind them you are, and you will never stop being their provision and their preservation. And those that don't, Lord, let them realize you're still their provision and preservation, and that they they would step forward and realize, I am going to honor God's word. Lord, you care about us. And we want to model the fact that you're a father that cares for your sons and your daughters. And in this world of great unrest, may we live in that rest. And may our children see us and our grandchildren see that we follow the principles of God. You're our source. You're our source of instruction. And because of that, we're going to live in the realm of the rest in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Give God a great big praise, everybody.
0: Wow, what an amazing message. And we always wanna take a moment to acknowledge what God is doing right now in this moment. If you're making a decision to follow Jesus right now, congratulations, this really is the best decision you're ever going to make, and we really mean that. We are celebrating with you. Yes, today you were made new, you were set free, and you were forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross. And we are excited to walk alongside of you in this journey of following Jesus. And there's a link on the screen or in the chat. Just click that and fill out the short form because we'd love to hear more of your story and point you towards more resources as you begin this journey.
1: And before we say goodbye for now, just know that we are here
0: for you as a church. In fact, if you have a prayer need and need someone to pray with you right now, just text the word pray to 822-822 or let one of our hosts know in the chat. We have hosts and pastors who are ready to pray with people. We will
1: really be honored to pray with you. With that being said, we can't wait to see you next week. So don't forget to invite a friend to God at the Movies. Have a great week.